What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, I am interviewing Laurel Cecilla. She is the CMO at Callaway Henderson, Sotheby's International Real Estate up in Princeton, New Jersey. But we get to talking about how her team and the brokerage responded to COVID-19, how they were able to adopt new technology very quickly and adapt new methods to really keep the train moving when it comes to their real estate operations. So great conversation. If you're in the real estate space, this is one for you. But before we get into that, this show is brought to you by us. And uh, who are we? We're Cave Social. We're a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow online with social media. So if you're feeling stuck, need some help with social, head over to uh, cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, and we'd be glad to help you out. All right, let's shake and bake and get into this. Ooh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, we are welcoming Laurel Cecilia to the show. She is the CMO at Callaway Henderson Sotheby Realty. Did I get it right? Callaway Henderson Sotheby's International Realty. Dang it. International. See, I wasn't thinking big enough. International. I got it. Awesome. Laurel, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Now, before we get into everything that's going on at your brokerage and evolution and kind of what's happened you know, throughout COVID, I want to hear really about your journey into marketing. So give us that five-minute backstory. How did you end up at, in the CMO seat? Okay, sure. So I got into real estate in about 2005. I joined what was NT Callaway Real Estate at the time as a sales associate, and I was selling real estate in greater Princeton area, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I was in that role for about 10 years and then got tapped to be the CMO where I've been since 2015. Prior to that, being in real estate, I, that was sort of a shift. Nobody really goes into, grows up thinking I want to be in real estate. So it sort of comes as a second career for most people as it did for me. I graduated from Stanford in 1994 and came out to New Jersey for what I thought was going to be two years for a training program at Merrill Lynch. I ended up being in the group at Merrill Lynch that launched the first generation of the Merrill Lynch online website. So I was rolling that out and doing marketing for that. And that then led me to a role in marketing at paytrust.com, which was an internet startup that I like to say was ahead of its time. You could receive, review, pay, and organize all your bills online. It was really, really very cool. And so I guess it was that marketing background and then combining that with a little bit of experience in real estate that then becoming the CMO at a real estate company sort of became a best of both worlds or a melding of all that past. And talk me through that, right? So you're there, you're operating as a realtor, and then you get tapped as CMO. Was that because of your previous experience? Or were you doing something as an agent where like, the brokerage is like, whoa, you're marketing different. You know, you're really tapped into marketing. What was the fuel behind that, would you say? I don't know exactly what went on behind closed doors when the owners of our company were making that decision. Um, I'd like to think it was a little bit of both, I'm, but I'm going to say probably just that everybody was aware of my background and, and been in that position before at other companies and having maybe brought that perspective to my business as an agent as well. And one thing that's kind of nice, I think, both 
for myself in this role as CMO, but also for the agents that I serve in that role is that they know that I've walked in their shoes and I they know that I know their job and I'm not just some marketer coming in who doesn't know what it's like to be a real estate agent. So I think that that helps from a credibility standpoint as well as just really being able to help them and serve them in a way that's most effective. Yeah, you're able to empathize, right, with the struggle and like, and like, like you kind of said it, right, where they know that you've done it. So when you're coming and giving a suggestion, it's not some pie in the sky idea without understanding what it actually takes at a you know granular level to execute. I think that's so huge. And were there any challenges, you know, going from being in the peer group to now being the marketing leader? Was there anything you had to do, you know, for lack of a better term, to prove yourself or for to people to gain trust in your vision as the marketing leader? I don't think so. I mean, I think I had a good relationship working with a lot of them. I mean, I think the thing that a lot of people don't necessarily know about real estate is that yes, all of the agents that you're working with in some ways are your competitors because you're going against them to get listings. But at the same time, and more often than not, they're your collaborators and your partners because you're cooperating to once you have a listing, get it sold or bring a buyer to somebody else's listing. So there's not only you know, not so much an adversary relationship, but also our office in particular is very collaborative in terms of helping, gosh, I'm going to price this listing. What do you think of that? I know that you sold the one down the street. What can you tell me were some of the challenges? You know, there's just a really open dialogue amongst agents in our company. So I'm going to say there wasn't so much of a needing to prove myself because they already knew me. You know, if anything, it maybe became, you know, just, I didn't get to go to lunch or to schmooze with them as much about things (laughs) or, you know, the venting sessions took on a little bit of a different tone. But you know, by and large, it was an easy transition. Nice. One of the things with real estate, which I'm interested to hear how you all approach it. How do you approach the audience segmentation versus buyers and sellers versus recruiting and getting more agents in into the organization? How is that prioritized? And is there a messaging split? Because I've seen brokerages kind of go 50-50 or 90-10 in one direction, or they have seasonality. How do you approach it? Well, I mean, it's a good point. So in my with with what I do, I sort of say I have two clients. The first is our own agents and supporting and helping them and communicating to them in a way that resonates and that they believe and buy into what we're trying to do as a company. So yes, there's the agent piece. And then there's also obviously the buyers and sellers and the greater client and real estate intending public out there. To answer your question, as far as recruiting, that's not a huge focus of our company. We are a very established firm that has 180 or so agents that are the best in the business, to be honest. And so while we are continually bringing in new people to the team, and certainly people retire and go into referral and things like that, there's the natural ebb and flow, but there really isn't a huge marketing push for recruiting. We're very lucky to benefit from our reputation and our market share and our standing in the agent community. And so there really isn't much proactive that has to happen from that standpoint. That's great. And it's, um, allows you to really you focus in and dial in on the efforts that you want. You're not pulled a million different ways, right? I think that's important. Now, you've got this strong agent base. You've got leadership team in place. Things are trucking along as is. And then March 8th or whatever date it was, hits the world in the face. And coronavirus gets really real really quickly. Real estate is one of those things where it was like state to state. Is it essential? Is it not? How are showings going to happen? What are best practices? How do you sanitize? So many questions, right? Are people even going to move this summer? Like all this stuff happened. How did the organization deal with it? And what were some of the learnings? Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And it literally was like, 
the world one day was so different from the next and what was tomorrow going to bring. And I'm going to say what was we were really fortunate at our company, our management team from day one made the priority, the health and safety of our employees, our agents, our clients. So everything was really positioned from the standpoint of, you know, the business is going to happen. The business will come back if it stops. You know, we really need to prioritize everyone's health and safety. And from there, good things will happen. They they only can. So it sort of quickly became this pivot of, you know, what do we do and how do we go about doing things? You mentioned, you know, the shelter in place in some states. We are based in New Jersey. We were allowed to continue transacting with some pretty rigid protocols in place in New Jersey. Pennsylvania, which is just over the river from us and a market that we serve as well, was on complete shutdown. So you are not allowed to visit properties, to show them, to have photography or video taken at them. So it was a radical difference from one state to the next. And a lot of our agents do business in both. So it was kind of interesting trying to navigate all of that. You know, we just really very quickly went from in-person meetings to Zoom. We did a lot of trainings on Zoom and on FaceTime and getting people comfortable using the technology. I mean, I think in some ways this has been a blessing because in the past, I would say, you know, you have some agents that are just really, really strong in the skill set of selling houses and having their local expertise and knowing their markets and interacting with people. And then you also have your people who are really strong at technology and the latest and greatest and cool marketing trends and things like that. And in the past, I would say if you were really strong in one area, you could make up deficiencies in the other. This brought everything to the table and you had to be really strong at both. So we had, you know, people that were strong in one area, helping others, everybody getting up to speed quickly, and the company as a whole having to bring everybody along along with us in accelerating some of these changes that were slowly creeping along as it was. My head's kind of going in a couple different directions as far as where which tangent to take this. But I mean, I will say that our company has been doing video and 3D tours and a lot of, you know, virtual types of marketing for years now. We've been doing property videos for five years or so for every listing that we've taken on. So, you know, some of the big shifts that a lot of companies had to make, we already had in place, but it was just a matter of prioritizing that we were doing them for every listing. And really, you know, the agents that hadn't bought in before, they now all of a sudden were getting on board and seeing the value. But, you know, it was just a quick learning curve that people quickly got on and figuring out how to do our business in this new environment. I think what we also saw was just a huge shift in the way consumers we're looking to demand real estate and to interact with it. So, you know, with all of this, like the whole concept of home changed. And if you no longer had to be going into work, you could be living anywhere. But it also meant that your home has to do some things that it never had to do before because you're spending more time there than ever. So there were just so many changes all around. And, and it's it's been really interesting and fun to be a part of. You know, you said a couple of things and it's, they're important and that transcend industries. And, and one is, you know, if you enable your team and enabling through, hey, we're going to provide the top line when it comes to health and safety, we're going to enable you. And then two, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you to make the right decision. We're going to trust you to have your mask on in the listing. Like we're going to go through and, and put that trust in place. And you'll see people flourish when they know that the company has their back. That's something that's in every single industry. Uh, and we've seen. And then the second side of things, right, which is push came to shove for some people with like, I don't do the internet. And it's like, yeah, you do now. And welcome to 2020, where it's no longer an option for your business. Things that were six years away 
came around in six months. It came around with some companies. Heck, it was like, all right, well, this is what it is now. We're doing Zooms. And and that's one of those things that you, it's cool to see the adaptability of people when it's like, okay, it's now I have to do this, right? And I think that happened across industries. And then the last thing you said, which is so important, is consumer behavior changed. So one, prioritization. And I'm going to, the house, I'm going to, lit for marketing sake here, I'm going to say the house is the product, right? The product became, people were living in the product and spending 10 times the amount of time with the product, with the house, in their house, realizing what they like, what they don't like, realizing that I'm going to be cooped up. And if this happens again, maybe I want a place with a backyard. So many things started to happen, right? Around how consumers viewed real estate. And you see that on other sides of things where like the fashion industry doesn't like had the legs pulled out from underneath it because everybody's in, I'm in sweatpants right now recording this this call, right? Like things like that had their legs really pulled out from underneath them where the house, I feel like it became hyper-focused on this is our home. This is where we spend time. This is where we live. Oh, did we mention we got a dog and all of the shelters are out of dogs and now that dog needs a backyard? Like all of these things start to go into that consumer behavior. So one, they're focused on the product. Two, their expectation changed. Real estate for a long time, there was this saying that you you had to be leading edge, not bleeding edge. And essentially that, you know, tech that was so far advanced and the Matterports and things that, oh, people didn't, they didn't want that. They wanted to go and, you know, see the house. But I think things got pushed now to like, that's expected. I expected to be able to go through and click and scroll and see what's going on inside a home. So it's just fascinating. And I think the industry as a whole, I believe is stronger and future proofed. Um, Absolutely. I agree. I mean, when you talk about the product shifting, I feel like for years we've been seeing this, everybody wants to walk to town and less maintenance, don't want the big yard. It's all about walkability and being able to pop in here for coffee or pop into this shop and, you know, maybe leave one car at home and get rid of your second car. And this was a big shift. Not only were we seeing people come out of New York City, we're an hour from New York City, and we were not only seeing you know, a bit of an exodus there of we don't need to be in the city anymore. We want to be in the suburbs. But we also saw within our smaller towns, people saying, I want to be in the country. I want to farm. I want a pool. I mean, there was a time in the summer where, you know, you a house with a pool would not stay on the market. There would be bidding wars for houses with pools, which, you know, before this, I would say a pool wasn't really an asset or a liability probably added no incremental value because there was just as many people that didn't want one as did. So now it's like people were saying like, I want the pool and oh, the house that comes with it's okay. And it was, you know, about having two offices where you could work from home. And then once the fall rolled around a place where your kids could do remote learning and the whole idea of an open concept floor plan that everybody loved before. Now you want to be able to close the door and either have your conference call or just get away from some of your family members that you're cooped up with 24 seven. So yes, the product absolutely Absolutely changed. And going back to what you were saying too about just the whole process, I mean, I'm not going to say that it was widespread here that people saw and bought houses, you know, sort of sight unseen without actually going in them. Although that did happen in some cases, anecdotally, I certainly know of examples. But more than that, you know, people narrowed down what they saw before, you know, pre 2020, people would maybe say, okay, I'm coming into town to look at, at houses. Let's go see seven or eight houses this Saturday. And you'd have your whole little tour planned and you'd have your itinerary and each different stop and you'd spend hours going from house to house. But when you're concerned, about masks and touching things and gloves and going into houses where people may be living. And, you know, all of a sudden you start to think, let's narrow down that list before so that, 
you know, we're really kind of weighing that trade-off between is it worth it? And so things like videos or Matterport tours or floor plans that you can see how the house is laid out, all these things that we'd been doing all along became that much more relevant and important. And, you know, we had agents doing virtual open houses, you know, I mean, things that like when I think back, some of these agents that have just absolutely excelled and thrived doing virtual open houses, if you asked them a year ago, if they thought that they would be live streaming themselves on Facebook, giving tours of houses, I don't think any of them would have thought that they'd seen that coming. And now that's such a great skill set that they have that is not only you know, helping them sell those houses, but helping promote themselves amongst all the people that they know. It's wild to see that change, right? And like, it's just in so many industries and real estate just being one where the concept of home, like the concept and the utility of it. And I want privacy. And, you know, I'm looking at like, I'm in an, an apartment in Los Angeles. And then I'm looking at, I want a two bedroom place now because I want to have my office there because my company, we moved out of our Santa Monica office space. And now initially I was like, oh crap, what's going to happen? But now the tools Things can be executed. We can do this podcast, you know, seamlessly, and it can come out as if we were sitting in the same room together. It's wild. Needing, okay, I need a space for that. You know, I'm just changing my perceptions of home where it's going to be a homework blend. That's not unique. That's nationwide. I think worldwide, people are understanding that. So it's cool to see how people have reacted. It's cool to see that, you know, your brokerage is really out there and saying, okay, we're going to adopt and adapt and make those changes really quickly. So, very, very cool to see. Laurel, before I let you go, where can people find out more about the brokerage and connect with you online? Sure. So CallawayHenderson.com is our website. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube. We actually have a really big presence on most of those sites and something that we kind of take a lot of pride in from a competitive advantage standpoint in the real estate space, at least locally here. And I am at lcecilla, L-C-E-C-I-L-A, at callawayhenderson.com is my email address, or I'm also on LinkedIn and the other channels as well. Awesome. And I will put links to all of those in the show notes page so you can all can just click through, go check out what Callaway Henderson Sotheby's International Real Estate is up to and connect with Laurel. Thanks again for coming on today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. This was fun. Thanks. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch you next time. Um.